And a very good evening, everybody, and welcome to another of our Lyceum evenings, where the topic of discussion is all about spiritualism. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to welcome back to our company again tonight, the very illustrious Mr. Tim Abbott. Tim, good evening, sir. How are you? It's a joy to be here with you, Lawrence. It really, really is. It's always a joy to be here. In your company and a part of your your church, be it, be it through uh, in person or, or through the computer in one form or another. So thank you for inviting me. Indeed, and and thank you for saying that because this is a an energy that uh, is becoming a little bit more prevalent. That we've got like these two churches on the go, yet we are slowly bringing down the borders between all the different factions of spiritualism. If people are willing to, great. If they're not willing to, absolutely fine. But I, it is... I wonder what the definition of church is, and I'm sure it's not a building. I'm sure it's a gathering of like-minded people in worship uh, to their chosen deity. Uh, therefore, as, as a lyceum, which is an extension of spiritualism or branch of spiritualism, this is a church, surely. Indeed, indeed. And again, the mediumship is bang on tonight. Uh, in our bereavement group yesterday, we were discussing this very thing and said, you know, all right, we've got the church, we've got the fabric, the building, the roof, the lights, but the church is each and every one of you in there. Without and at any given time. So absolutely wonderful. It's a community, isn't it? Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So we're going to join together tonight. I know you have got this huge wealth of knowledge about the history of the spiritualism in the UK. I know you're being modest there, but a few times I've fired a question off at you in desperation for help. And you've come back not only with the answer, but about 15 other potential supporting pieces of information. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> no, it's been great. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. So just a little bit. Of... Good evening, everybody joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good evening, everybody. Oh, oh, dear. We've got the Danish in the room. Look out. Oh, the Danish are lovely. The Danish yeah. are... <laughs> We've got the lovely Jack. Hello, Jack. How are you, Without um, massaging Jack's ego, you know, we're talking about spiritualism mainly within England, of course. Uh, but in, and what I want to talk about this evening is individuals who have moulded and forged spiritualism within Britain. Uh, and the very thing that is happening in other countries, and we need to look no further than people like Jack Langland in, in, in Denmark, who is working very hard with a group of people, but he is... He is forging uh, the legal aspect of spiritualism within Denmark. Uh, and many other countries are doing the same. Something England went through in the past, of course. Indeed. And this, there's a very interesting subtopic there. Uh, that, um, since this time where we have been working so much online and sharing knowledge and information from all over the world, us in the UK, in the greater part, were very unaware that the fact that spiritualism is a recognised religion within the UK, Absolutely. therefore we can have churches, and therefore we have this great proliferation of churches and centres, which is denied people just on the other side of that little stretch of water. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't realize how lucky we, we are. I think it was only um, maybe four years ago, maybe even less than that, that a lady in one of the African countries was beheaded. A, a, a mother of three children was beheaded for witchcraft. Well, many years ago, we came under that category. We, we came in that pigeonhole. Indeed. There was a uh, story I only had recanted to me, I've not read it, uh, but with Gordon Higginson, when he was taken out by his mother, Fanny, he was serving a centre somewhere which was not allowed to be advertised at that time as being a spiritualist centre, but they actually had a brick through the window because people yeah. in the, the, the village yeah. <laughs> knew what was occurring in there and decided to show their displeasure uh, but Fanny Higginson was, no, you carry on. And he had to carry on, bless him. He was only a wee lad when that happened. Um, so, my mother, I never really had the greatest relationship with my mother, but she was a spiritualist. I was fortunate enough to come uh, be born into a spiritualist family. My father wasn't a spiritualist. That's maybe why my mother and father divorced very quickly, but there you go, that's another story. Um, but... Um, and my mother used to take me to the spiritualist church as a, as a young boy, nine, ten years of age. And uh, we used to sneak around the back streets through fear of ridicule. And when we would come out at the end of the service, there would be, uh, on the odd occasion, maybe a cluster of people uh, with the banners telling us we were um, working with the devil and, and waking the dead and, you know, campaigning against us and against the church. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that is very much living memory. Uh, and as I say... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we are so fortunate. We've got such a proliferation of churches and centres up and down the countryside. Um, and people who volunteer do this as in tandem with their own works, their own jobs, careers, etc., uh, but just do some amazing work. You know, every day we have got something fabulous and awesome going on in our physical locations, the uh, internet, the virtual locations aside. And these things are amazing. They, they are amazing. Uh, and they're amazing because, and you've already touched on it, uh, about bricks going through windows and campaigns uh, against spiritualism in living memory. Because spiritualism, or well, modern spiritualism, of course, isn't that old. If we, and, and, and you must forgive me this evening, Lawrence, because we are looking at the history within Britain of, of, of spiritualism, I have made some notes. So every now and then I will refer to notes so I don't get figures wrong for your good people. But if we look at spirit, modern spiritualism um, in comparison to other religions, Christianity, for example, which is, which is a wonderful religion, of course, that uh, came about approximately in the first century AD. So that's, I mean, that's way back. Um, um, Jew, uh, the Jewish religion um, is about 4,000 years old. Uh, the Muslim religion uh, goes back to the, to the seventh century. Spiritualism is about 173 years old. A babies in its infancy in comparison to other religions, you know. There's a wonderful story about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle 
some of your good people will know Sir Arthur Conan Doyle from his stories on uh, Sherlock Holmes, of course. Uh, and um, But he was a spiritualist. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was a spiritualist. He, his second wife was a medium. And he promoted, he went around the country uh, and indeed around the world promoting spiritualism. Uh, but he was asked in an interview. So we look at other religions and their religious books and, and there's always mention of um, uh, miracles. So what miracles can you talk about within spiritualism? And he hit the ceiling, he hit, hit, hit the roof and said to this young green uh, interviewer, for God's sake, man, give us a chance. We are still in our infancy. However, and, and I agree with him, we are still in our infancy. However, I greatly believe, and I don't say this lightly, I greatly believe that every medium that stands in the power of spirit and proves the continuity of life has expressed a miracle. Definitely. You know, <clears throat> to the layman, they are talking to the dead. They, it's a miracle. It's a beautiful miracle. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stand on my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, Tim. You know, um, you know that uh, with Paul Church and myself, our views at the moment, we are looking at things and examining and asking and questioning. And this is very much on the agenda about our approach to evidential mediumship. Each and every message, the minute that medium gives you that cinching piece of evidence that whoever is still able to function intelligently and communicate with us. I'm sorry, what sort of other miracle do you want? Absolutely. And yes, we accept as, as adults and as intelligent people that that, me that message, that demonstration of evidential mediumship may be limited by the ability or lack of ability of the medium, depending on where they're at in their, in their unfolding journey. However, if the intelligence, if there is a snippet of the intelligence of that, of the personality, the presence of that communicating spirit, there's your miracle. There's Thank your miracle. And it should have an effect on you, your spirit, and indeed on your life. Absolutely. Indeed. So I think... Carry on. Sorry, Sorry, no, 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 you, you, yeah, you know me, I'll, I'll talk all night and yeah, I should, yeah, because absolutely. you're the guest. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's something we're passionate about. So I think maybe what we need to do is go right back to the beginning, I think, uh, Lawrence, just to, um, to, to give some kind of structure to the evening for our, our, our people who are joining us. And before, of course, um, 1735, before 1735, People who communicated with the spirit world were being burnt at the stake, were being drowned at the ducking pool, uh, and being put to death under the under the guise of witchcraft, of course. Uh, when indeed some of them were simply healers, uh, doing seership, uh, communicating uh, with the spirit world, and bringing messages of hope, and yet being put to death for that. 
so I think un, un, unknowingly, we are very much, as spiritualists and mediums alike, we are very much indebted to King Charles II, who uh, campaigned the government of the time, if, you, if, if we can call it the government, but the government of the time, uh, with several letters and, and got other people as well, encouraged other people to campaign as well against the barbaric practice of burning witches, drowning witches, which of course brought in what we know as the Witchcraft Act, the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Um, and what this did was, um, if you were communicating with spirit, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a while there, but if you were to, uh, communicating with spirit, if you were a healer, uh, if you were doing seership, for example, Notre Dame, you know, moving your awareness into the future and predicting, um, instead of being threatened with your life, with, with death, uh, the, the, I think the ruling was, uh, I think the maximum was, in Britain, was uh, a year imprisonment, hard labour, which was a lot better than losing your life, of course. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the people were, were, were now feeling as slightly more freer to practice their truth, their practices. And we go back to early England, early Britain, um, to, to different, not necessarily religions, but belief systems um, where interacting with Mother Nature, interacting with the seasons, interacting with, 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 with um, the spirit world was very much part of their practice. Not necessarily seen as a religion, but seen as their daily lives, their daily practices, uh, and, and it's it's out of those types of practices, of course, that um, the the Christmas tree comes from, the evergreen, eternal life, the evergreen Christmas tree, which the 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 the, the Christians again a wonderful religion, which the Christians embraced as part of their own uh, uh, religious. Um, belief system um, so that it was people like that who then began to um, slightly become more public because of course before then not so much now with our central heating in our homes but most homes back in the day had an open fire and spirit communication uh, was nothing really in the early forms of spirit communication to do with religion it was just part of the family that the, the art of scrying, uh, where you will see, where you will focus on a on a surface, for example, a crystal ball, a mirror, a water, which again, which is what Notre Dame used to do, look into a bowl of water, where he used to visualize the, the his predictions, uh, and families would sit around the fire. Of course, it was their source of heating, and they would be sitting and chatting and be joyful as families did more so in them days as a as a community as a unit and they would start to see images within the flames of the fire of their family members who had passed on and that and and that communication started it was a natural practice within within a lot of households of course uh wonderful wonderful 
um, sadly, certain, certain particular religions were threatened by these different practices and started to uh, influence different laws and rules to try and pe bring people into line uh, so as not to practice practicing that their belief system was against, for example. Um, and it's only my belief, but we know that, that and, and I will come to that, we know that spiritualism was introduced uh, by different individuals into, into Britain uh, from America. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I ask us to look at, um, and I'm talking here about um, mid-1850s, and, and, and I'll come back to that in a while, but, you know, what was going on in America uh, at that time? You know, people were starting to take control of the native people, the North American Indians. Um, uh, slavery was beginning to become a thing of the past, so that maybe those people who'd been captured, for example, in Africa, and dragged over against their, their, their wishes to America and different countries, of course, in the name of slavery, could practice their belief systems. Um, so, you, so, so you had Buddhism going on, you had the North American Indian philosophy going on, uh, and and a lot of it was not too dissimilar in its philosophy, maybe in its practices, but not so much in its philosophy. This spirit communication, this acknowledgement of this unseen world that was maybe slightly more wiser, that was very supporting of us, that we could call on as a loving energy, a loving intelligence, when we were in need and um, although there was a, a, a other cases um, you know we go back to 1848 31st of March is the official date when we have what we know as the Hydesville wrappings where two sisters a lot of people think it's three but two sisters um, Margaret and uh, Katie Fox and their older sister Leah did get involved at a later date. Um, started communicating through what's known as raps. Forgive me. I hope that's not hurting your ears. Lawrence. No, absolutely <laughs> fine. Through <laughs> uh, um, my little dog jumps. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, bless him. Um, uh, where uh, there was a. a a gentleman communicating from the spirit side of life. Um, however, it is suggested, and, and I do like this version, that for several years that gentleman was communicating. He was a peddler, uh, and years before, uh, in that house, there was a young lady, I think she was 15, who was lodging there, and because she lived quite a long way away, uh, she was lodging there so she could attend school, which was literally at the end of the road. And uh, it's believed that the peddler and this young lady and possibly 
the mother, um, um, Mrs. Fox, um, uh, there was something romantic going on there. And suddenly the peddler went missing. And we know, factually we know, history tells us that parts of a body was discovered in the floor of the cellar and in the wall of the cellar, and indeed a peddler's bag. Um, whatever a peddler's bag is, I'm not quite sure what that is, but <laughs> it must be a particular bag to that particular tray. Um, and he was and he was communicating. And what that told us, what that told the public, you know, they sat up and looked at that um, uh, case. And again, although there were other cases going on at the time, they sat up and looked at that case because what it said was that there is a reality that we know. The spirit world is a reality. And if you are sensitive enough, a medium, uh, if you are sensitive enough, which obviously the girls were, you have you can be you can communicate with the spirit world can communicate with you and you can communicate back through what we know as the skills of mediumship uh, and there will be present an external intelligence uh, and of course um, I'm just trying to think of the gentleman's name but it's, it, it escapes me I'm sure one of your uh, I want to say Rochester his name was Rochester but it's something like that but I'm sure one of your listeners will put me right um uh, uh is, is somebody put, putting me right already are they no 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 not yet i'm just waiting for it i think i know who will <laughs> yeah, yeah. um um uh some of the things that he said of course at a later date were proven to be so the intelligence of the spirit and it was only five years later so this was all going on in america you know this this People were having access to the North American Indian philosophy. People were having access to the African practices in their philosophy and beginning to find their own truth, their own relationship with spiritualism. We have to remember back in those days, it, it, it was very much, the religions of the time were very dogmatic. It was a God-fearing religion. And, and if you don't turn up at church on Sunday, you do realize you're going to hell, don't you? You know, but now, of course, we are much more embracing the fact that actually God is a power to love and, and be supported by. And, and God won't put a tick by your name and three strikes and you out if you don't turn up at church on Sunday, because maybe you've got commitments elsewhere, um, uh, which may even be on behalf of, of the church or your chosen religion. But it was only five years later after visiting America, that David Richmond, David Richmond in 1853, uh, uh, on his return back to England, uh, whilst out in America, he'd been introduced to uh, what we now know as spiritualism uh, and those practices, uh, opened the first spiritualist church in England, uh, which was uh, in... Uh, Darlington, it's, it's up, it's a, it's a town uh, up north. Um, however, um, I believe it was a small village before, I believe it's in Darlington now, uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe he, he, he opened it in the back of a, a factory, I believe, 
in a small village, uh, but it was a very strong Quaker village uh, in the north of England. And basically the people of the village ousted him. And that spiritualism could have started and finished very quickly there in Britain. If it hadn't been for him being strong-minded and committed in his newfound relationship with God through this new religion that he understood as spiritualism. Uh, and he simply went to the neighbouring town and opened up a new church where I believe the church is still open today. Uh, and as you and I were saying, and I believe you were saying at the beginning of the programme, how fortunate we are in, in, in Britain to have so many spiritualist churches. Uh, and I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, Lawrence, that since lockdown has lifted, how thriving they are. There's a new lease of life. People are hungry to have this relationship with God through their chosen religion. And that's a wonderful thing. And we have we have that right because of people like David Richmond standing up for his belief. Although being kicked out of the town, simply went to the neighboring town and started over. Uh, and it's individuals, I believe, it's, I don't believe it's organizations. I don't believe it's committees. I believe it's individuals who have forged the path and and spiritualism on what it is at the moment. We're, we're very lucky for individuals standing up to wave the banner of spirit, um, having that strength. Indeed. There's a comment there from Trinity Renton. She's just asking, she thought the- What a, what a gorgeous name. It is, isn't it, actually? <laughs> I was looking at it and thinking, yeah, I like that. Uh, I thought it was in Keeley, the Mother Church. You're, you're quite right. So that was, I believe that was where he was kicked out of uh, and then went to uh, Darlington, I believe. Thank you very much for putting me right. You're, you're quite right. Because um, Darlington is the, the still existing church, I, isn't I it? I believe so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They just had a big celebration because they need well, to they remember it because they were the oldest spiritualist church in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you, Trinity, for keeping us on our toes. Well done, absolutely. my darling. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of my facts will be wrong, but there you go. <laughs> I'm dragging them out of my uh, knowledge, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, and then, of course, if we carry on with individuals, we have to look not much further than Emma Harding's Britain. Who uh, and, and, and which, which will lead us on to something slightly different. But Emma Harding Britain, who who um, I believe it was in um, eighteen eighty nine, who was inspired. Um, it, it, it was originally believed through her trance, more so now partly through her trance and partly through inspiration that she was inspired with. The principles that, that that we now know as the seven principles, and um, uh, and uh, Trinity, you may very well be right. Um, I apologise. I think I hit the wrong button there. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, um, uh, and if we look at so, for example, Nor uh, Norway. I'm very lucky that I, I get to work in Norway once a year for the Norwegian Spiritualist um, Union. I 
that's what they call, that's what, that's what it's called. If you like the, the Norwegian's version of the SNU. And there's a lovely gentleman out there, uh, Andre. Um, oh, now his surnames slipped my mind. Uh, oh, isn't that, his surnames slipped my mind. The president there. But he, somewhat like Jack, what Jack's doing at the moment, several years ago, fronted a campaign along with other people there to have spiritualism legally recognized within Norway. And one of the first things, of course, the Norwegian uh, parliament, the government, uh, whatever department looked at this, said was, well, let's have a look at your philosophy. And the seven principles were offered up. And uh, the, the, absolutely, yeah, well done. The, um, the Norwegian government said, well, well, we have a problem with some of these. The, the fatherhood of God. Who said that God is a man? Why are you putting a gender on it? Mm. The brotherhood of man. Well, where's the sisters? Where's the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom in this state? So they have changed their, their, they haven't changed the philosophy, but the wording of their seven principles they have changed to suit the legal needs, uh, requirements, if you like, of their, of their religion, of the religion of spiritualism within Norway, um, uh, to satisfy, satisfy the government, of course. And, um, of course, we had to do the same. Spiritualism within Britain had to do the same. Uh, again, I'm sure somebody's going to put me right, but my believing, my believing is that when the when the principles were first offered up, they were put, offered up in the format of five principles, which, for if you like legal reasons, I'm not sure that legal is the right word, but for legal reasons, um, were, were were changed into the seven that we know. Uh, now, of course, different branches of spiritualism uh, embrace slightly different uh, uh, principles within their seven principles. Um, like, like the Christian uh, religion, like the Jewish religion, spiritualism has different branches, as, as you know, Lawrence. Uh, I know you're very proud to be a a Christian spiritualist and, 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 and good for you uh, and I'm proud to be a, an SNU spiritualist uh, uh, and I believe one of the principles that differs between the two is the uh, personal responsibility uh, if, if I'm right traditionally traditionally yeah we have the eighth principle that the, uh, the leadership of Jesus Christ in our uh, format but the first seven are the same okay and I know that um, every now and then uh, the, the debate raises that, um, you know, should we be like a lot of these uh, um, countries, for example, like Denmark and Norway, that are presenting uh, uh, spiritualism as a legally recognized religion, um, are looking at the wording of their seven principles, that maybe we need to be uh, changing our seven principles. My my debate would be, yes, maybe it does need to be more more modern. However, if we accept that the, that the seven principles were offered up by the spirit world, 
and maybe we should be trusting enough that if there's a need for an updated version, then maybe the Spirit World will, as and when they're ready, offer those up as well. My thoughts on that. My th just yeah. my thoughts. Very quickly, we had the lovely Karen Wood on a couple of weeks ago, DSNU. Uh -huh. uh, the topic was comparing the seven principles to the Lord's Prayer. And yeah. it did get very hotly debated. Yeah, um, I'm sure. When things were said about either the masculine or the... Well, why is it all masculine gender and not feminine gender? And it, it did get a little bit warm in the room that night. We had to quell things. Um, I, think, try I think we have to remember where where spiritualism comes from. It comes from a very, certainly within Britain, from a very Victorian era and a Victorian uh, approach where the man was very much the head of the family. The man was very much the head of the country, of industry. Um, I'm happy to say that's not necessarily uh, the, the way... Um, of, of Britain now. Um, um, I'm comfortable to say that my wife and I very much are 50-50 in our relationship. Of course, we don't agree about everything, but there is no there is no boss in our family. There is no... I, 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 I'm happy to say um, that Jeanette is the boss. I've made that decision. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we, we, we equally, like a lot of families these days, share um, decisions and responsibilities uh and and that's the way you know our, our head police person is a lady rightfully so we have had two prime ministers who have been females rightfully so if they're good enough if they're good to do the job why not why not you know there have been many wonderful presidents of spiritualist churches who have been ladies why not why not indeed and that is always going to bring out a, a few contentious um conditions when we talk about that and marie hogan here was just saying it was yes, yes it was five principles and legal reasons changed to seven uh no don't change them they are history and they were given to us by spirit and totally agree if spirit wants to change them they will step in Excellent. thank you Anne marie you know what in so many conversations we have about our movement people don't include spirit and it really frustrates me. So yeah, well done, Emery. <laughs> you know, one of the things I always I always teach. Uh, I, I I love Lawrence the the as a teacher of mediumship. I love the psychology of mediumship. And I quite often say to students that I haven't worked with before, um, is your approach that you are representing the spirit world? And I say, oh yes, definitely. I am definitely representing the spirit world. And I said, well, don't you think that's a wrong attitude? No, no, why is it the wrong attitude? Well, isn't our job as mediums to allow the spirit world to represent themselves? And it's just a slightly different mental approach to it. That makes a huge difference. Absolutely, absolutely. A massive difference. Um, uh, it's wonderful <laughs> that this is a uh, Lyceum evening, of course, uh, Lawrence, because uh, the Lyceum is the oldest branch of spiritualism, of course, and uh, there have been some wonderful people in, involved in uh, the Lyceum. Uh, in America, of course, Andrew Jackson Davis. Uh, um, it, here in, in Britain, uh, Alfred Kitson, uh, who was 
who kind of headed the the uh, earliest form of the, the British version of the of the Lyceum. Uh, and of course, the Lyceum, from a spiritual point of view, was formed to educate, to support um, uh, people, to give them a, a, a spiritual greater understanding. And, and, it, and it wasn't, and it isn't, and it remains not to be um, about age. There was a focus on children, of course, and the youthful, but it, but but also it's about the young of mind, the young of spirit. Uh, and I know I, I used to be uh, when, um, on the committee of Spirit of Youth, which was a subcommittee of the SNU. I was on their committee, and we used to go around doing uh, demonstrations. And I think the oldest member we had on Spirit of Youth was 89 years of age. It's a youthful attitude, not a youthful age, and um, uh, which which is wonderful. And, and I'm sure you you are on your lyceum here, like evenings such as this, you have people of many different ages, from many different backgrounds, uh, joining us, uh, and that's important. It's not just about young of age; it's about young of spirit, uh, which Indeed. is very very important. It is. It's so important for our movement, and especially at this time, because he quite rightly said there, people are investigating spiritualism alongside all the major orthodox religions, because we've all had our mortality challenge. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And we, for our portion of the pie, it's really, really important that we we understand not the entire history of our movement, at least have that grounding, that founding cornerstone of what put us where we are today and what I, brought that in. Absolutely. I, I, I always say to people, Lawrence, that having an education within your religion, the, the philosophy, the, the history of your religion, will it give you a better link to the spirit world? No, it won't. No, no it won't. It's not going to make you a better, uh, 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 your connection to the spirit better. Will it make you a better medium? 100%. 100%. Because mediumship is not all about giving pretty messages off a platform. And I remember when I first started working at the Arthur Finley College, which I no longer do, but uh, back in the day, um, a, a student, and I think he was from Switzerland, said to me, do you know, Tim, spiritualism is like a three-course meal. And mediumship is nothing more than the side salad. Mm. And it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. There is so much more. Mediumship is a is, is a very important part of spiritualism, but there is so much more to spiritualism than just uh, a demonstration of mediumship. It's, yeah. it, it's building that relationship with with God, and through that relationship, nurturing and feeding your own spirit, and your and and and, and bringing about. Uh, from a spiritual point of view, a better path that you walk within your life. That doesn't mean we all become saintly. We all make mistakes from time to time. We all take uh, a divert on a wrong path from time to time. That doesn't mean we can't have a truth through our chosen religion and a relationship, a loving relationship with the deity, the God, the creator of our choice. 
Exactly. The Lyceum gives you that. The Lyceum gives you that. And if anybody is interested in spiritualism, no matter what branch it is, I would always recommend, and I know you spoke about it, we have it here in our bookshelf, the Lyceum Manual. The Lyceum Manual. Um, Do you know, I used to know, uh, when I was very young and I was starting to go around doing uh, churches, um, uh, and I think his name was uh, Billy Elton, something like that, Bill Elton. Yeah. Uh, an old an old SNU minister who used to run a lyceum in his church. Uh, and I would say, well, what type of things do you do, Billy, in, in, in your lyceum? And he'd say, oh, we never hold it in the church. We take it out to a park. We talk about the trees. This is an oak tree. This is a silver birch. Uh, uh, this is an, a, a, and these are this. This is a, these, these these types of flowers. And this is this type of shrubbery. We teach we teach them about nature. We teach them about life. Uh, maybe different types of. We'll have a day where different and we'll, we'll introduce them to different animals. You know, a pet day where you have different animals come in, and we teach them that. These animals are creations of God, just like we are. Um, and that's what the Lyceum is about, which is more than just giving pretty messages from that unseen side of life. Definitely. Absolutely. Def- because it is, it's that wonderful, it supports that spiritualism isn't about the dead, it's about life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got nothing to do with death at all. People yeah. think it has, but it hasn't. Absolutely. No, it's all about life. Yeah. The a lovely Jack, bless him. I, we got a bromance going on with Jack. Ah, oh, he's a good man. <laughs> he is. He's absolutely. He's a. He's a diamond geezer. I think uh-huh. is his phrase. Um, he's just providing here the quick translation of the seven principles as phrased in Denmark. No change to the philosophy, only slightly more modern phrasing of the headline. Absolutely. So number one, God as a creative force. Unity and love between people, fellowship with the spirit world and the angelic realm, the eternal existence of the human soul, personal responsibility, evaluation of all actions performed on earth, and eternal development for all souls. Which, as you say, or as Jack says, the philosophy is exactly the same there, although the wording is of a much more modern. Uh, I mean, some of the, a couple of the principles are exactly the same, but um, it's a much more modern version of what the British know as the seven principles, of course. But the philosophy is exactly the same. Indeed. Um, and before anybody gets um, a little bit uh, vocal, this is not a suggestion to change the principles. Uh, as we've been talking about, for the legal side to become a religion, you must have your core philosophy written down and accepted to support that motion. Jack here out in Denmark. Denmark is uh, working very hard as a team over there to get spiritualism recognised as a religion. So thank you, Jack. That's absolutely love. That must have taken you ages to type out on your phone. <laughs> He's keen, very keen. Yeah, bless him, bless him, bless him. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, 
uh, you know, I, I had the pleasure of going out to and working for Jack and for, and I'm sure I'm going to call it the wrong word, the Danish Spiritualist Union out there. Um, and I don't actually think it's called that, but you'll know what I'm Association. Never mind. <laughs> it's semantics, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you know, they're doing a great job of sharing the word of spirit. And, and, um, and I very much appreciate people like Jack and people like Andre in, in Norway and people in other countries who are pushing hard for the platform of spiritualism. Um, and, uh, and it's not easy because it's complicated. If we look at, if we go back to Norway, when they, when they, when they said, okay, we will accept spiritualism as a religion now. Course, you have to have weddings and funerals, so you need what we would understand as ministers. Now, you can't just go willy nilly uh, making anybody a minister, so you need to go away and format uh, some exams for ministers to take. And so, Andre had to go away, and you know, it wasn't just okay, we, we, we give you the status of religion, bye bye, we'll, we'll, we'll see you when there's a problem. No, no, you haven't finished yet, you've got you know. What's going to be involved with your with your um, funerals? What's going to be involved with your weddings? Uh, and you need ministers to do that. So that's all got to be done properly. So it's it's a minefield of spiritual um, red tape, if you like, that, that that different countries have to go through. And uh, I applaud them. I really, really do, because we the more soapboxes we have got for spirit, uh, the better. Indeed. And that reflects, uh, just for people's maybe interest, if you are in the UK and you are running a church in the centre, you are not exempt from the red tape. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. We've just spent three weeks totally revamping everything through uh, the mission statement, through risk assessments, through method statements, through... Uh, safeguarding, oh, that's a delight, issues and everything, you know. So when people sometimes get a little bit irked about wordage, maybe just give a thought to why was that wordage used? Because it may be to meet a criteria that enables you to operate legally as a church or a centre. And, 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 you know, the law has worked very much in our favour over the years. It very much has. And the most recent, of course, uh, which, as, as you so rightly say, Lawrence, some churches may not realise, is 2013. Lord Tolson's ruling that, and this is not about spiritualism, but it includes spiritualism, every religion within their divine services should be teaching. There should be an element of teaching. And if there is, and of course we do it through our philosophy, uh, and the teachings, of course, should be in one form or another that if you follow this philosophy, your life on a spiritual level will be improved. If if your divine services are lacking any form of teaching, your church, can, the government or, or, the, or the law has the right to close your church down, or to take away your status as a religion. So you're so right, Lawrence. Churches should keep up to date with the law. 
for their own well-being. Indeed, indeed. Well, we've got to operate within this structure. It's an accepted part of our society. You know, when you go out driving, you drive obeying the laws of the road. When you go out walking through town, you obey the laws of the land. Yeah. And when you're running a church in the centre, you have your own particular laws that you've really got to be familiar because there would be... I used to be an assessor uh, in my um, more earthly life. And what was always a red card was if you ask any organisation a pertinent question about something that they are legally entitled to have instilled and you got a hesitancy there, it was just like, oh, right, we need to drill down on this and really go to town on it. So you've got to be so familiar with it that anybody walks through that door and asks whatever question, uh, where's your safeguarding policy? Oh, okay, this is here. There you go. This is our safeguarding officer. Yeah. Absolutely fine. If they walk in and say, where's your safeguarding policy? And you go, the what? You're going to have a very long, hard, upsetting day, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, if, and if any of our uh, watchers are budding mediums whose their desire is to travel around the world preaching... Um, uh, um, the word of spirit, which is a wonderful thing, and it's something I'm very fortunate uh, to, to be able to do. I, I've just come back from a weekend in Switzerland. I went straight from there to do um, several days in Sweden. Uh, um, and it's, it's a joy. Uh, I love my job. But you have to have a, a greater understanding of the laws in these different countries. So, for example, and, and they will be different in some countries, they will be different in some areas. So if you like, counties in Switzerland are called cantons. So in the canton of Neuchâtel, which is very near the French border, uh, yet still in Switzerland, it is illegal to do fortune telling. If you're getting paid for it or not, if it is false or not, you, it is illegal to do fortune telling in any shape or form. Probably up until, and I can't give you the date, but probably up until about 15 years ago, maybe at a stretch 20 years ago, healing was illegal in Germany. He, healing is still illegal in Austria. It's still illegal in Austria. Um, uh, so healers in Austria, and there are healers in Austria, they don't call themselves healers. They call themselves energy workers, so as to negate the problems of, of, of the law, of course, the law of the land. And, and if you're going to go swanning off around Europe and around the world, you, you need to know if, if you're within the boundaries of the law, depending on what country you're in. Um, a, a lot of our viewers will know, of course, that the... Um, in, in uh, 2008, the Consumers Protection Regulation uh, was brought in. And again, that was not to do with mediumship, although it covered mediums, but it covered all forms of uh, tradespeople, salesmen, and it was um, for, for, um, against unfair trading. Forgive me, I'm sure there's many very honest double glazed salesman um, 
you know, buy the buy these double glazed, and it will keep the wind out, and you have the new double glaze put in, and the and the and the wind comes through like a false nine gale. Um, you can take them to court if you believe that um, under that uh, law, I think it was October two thousand and eight consumers protection regulation if a if a if you believe a medium is being fraudulent in what they are offering you um under the guise as a medium you can take them to court you can take them to court they, um, <clears throat> quite actually very uh good topic there phil shaw has just mentioned this thing and i this I, I, I'm not 100% sure that that statement is correct. I think the way you just put it, Tim, uh, appeals and resonates with me better. If I were to say, right, I'm going to be a brilliant medium tonight and I'm going to tell you your fortune, and then I didn't, then I would be in breach of that law. But if I were to say I am going to be uh, a medium tonight and provide uh, the best evidence I can of the continuation of life, I don't see the need for that disclaimer that I'm just here to entertain you. But I'm not a, I know Lynn Gibb de Swartz got very animated as she this very topic. Her. I love her to pieces. She's a great campaigner on behalf yeah. of spirit, isn't she? She's and she was online and she was up front and center, bless her, and saying that actually this statement is incorrect. It's what you to, say you do do rather than not saying why you're there. Absolutely. Um, and the difference you see, uh, which will be, you know, I know we're talking a little bit about the law here. But again, it's individuals who have campaigned for this. And I will talk about an individual who's a wonderful man and, and, and I admire him. But um, in the consumers protection regulation, as in comparison to the Fraudulence Mediums Act, 1951, which we will come to, uh, in with the Fraudulence Mediums Act of 1951, if somebody took you to law uh, to court, believing you to be fraudulent in your mediumship, it was their responsibility and the prosecutor's responsibility to prove that you were guilty of being unhonest, uh, non uh, um, uh, for being fraudulent in, within your mediumship. The consumers protection regulation now has changed in as much as is now the medium's responsibility to prove that they weren't being fraudulent that they were being transparent and honest within their mediumship so it's a little bit tougher but if you're being honest within your work and then you shouldn't really uh fall into that pit, uh, pitfall as it were which brings us really uh lawrence to uh Thomas Brooks. I don't know if a lot of people have heard of Thomas Brooks. A wonderful, wonderful man who uh, was from uh, up north. I do have the details, but not with me, but uh, where, where he uh, was from. But he was born into a farming uh, family, and the, fa the family um, um, wanted him to uh, follow in the family footsteps of becoming a farmer, but he just wasn't interested in that. And ended up going down the mines but very very quickly um because of the type of man he was um started campaigning on behalf of miners who were sick who were not getting paid or sick pay and campaigning for them 
and uh, became a spiritualist, became a president of a church uh, up north in uh, uh, North Yorkshire, I believe, and um, became uh, an MBE and uh, became a Labour um, MP. Right. And uh, firstly, he campaigned, um, and I'm not sure if a lot of people realise this, there was a group of 10 of them, of which, of which he was one of them, and which one of them, one of the other 10, was Lord Downing, the RAF gentleman who was the spiritualist. He headed the RAF in World War II, and simply because he was a spiritualist, they kicked him out of that. Um, he was being inspired by... Um, the spirit world to make the decisions and the government kicked him out and actually after the second world war they said if we'd have left him in his position the world second world war would have probably come to an end a year earlier it was their um, chief marshal dowding wasn't it absolutely i wrote many mansions a magnificent book absolutely absolutely and they campaigned of course before um uh 1951 you still have the Witchcraft Act in place. So, not all police, of course, but some police were being a little bit heavy-handed with mediums and, and demonstrations. And, of course, Helen Duncan is a classical example, of course. Um, I, I'm not sure if I believe that she died because of, because of the inter inter interference of the police, but I'm sure it didn't help her health. I'm sure it didn't. We know the uh, fragileness of the energy uh, within physical physical phenomena, which is what she was involved with. Um, so they campaigned to that the police be less heavy-handed, that was somewhat successful. Uh, and then he campaigned campaigned to uh, introduce the Fraudulence Mediums Act. Um, to overtake the uh, Witchcraft Act, of course, uh, in 1950. It wasn't actually him who had pushed it through the Houses of Parliament. It was um, a, a friend of his who put... I don't think he was in a, a legally, legally, a, a big pardon, politically strong enough position to push it through, but a very good friend of his was, and it was his, his friend who pushed it through on his behalf. But he was very clever. He was very, very, very clever, was Thomas Brooks, because... He, he, he sent a form to all the MPs of the time to fill in how they felt about uh, fraudulent mediums. And, uh, of course, a lot of them come back saying, no, no, yes, fraudulent mediums should be, should be taken to court and it's, you know, it should be made illegal. And, of course, he said, great, I agree with you, uh, which disperses with the uh, Witchcraft Act. Which was the which was the worst law, of course. So we can live with um, the Fraudulence Mediums Act because if you say there are some mediums who are fraudulent, then by default you are saying there are some that are not there are not fraudulent, of course. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. so he, he was very clever the way he went about that, very very clever. And in 1951, as we know, um, the Fraudulence Mediums Act was brought in. What a lot of people don't realise is in some countries that still stands. Not in Britain, because we now have, of course, the Consumers 
uh, protection regulation against unfair trading. But in, uh, certainly in, in Ireland, in, in parts of Ireland, I'm not sure if it's Northern Ireland or Southern, but in an area of Ireland it still stands, and in different countries it still stands. Um, so again, we come back to those people who are running around Europe. Recognize the law where you're standing, where you're standing. You know, we come back to we come back to what we said right at the beginning. What is the definition of a church? Where, it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're standing on a soapbox preaching, uh, teaching, then you're making that your church. Recognize the 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 laws that govern your church where you stand. And it would be very interesting to see uh, what may evolve with this continuation of now the virtual presence of spiritualism, because this is never going to go away. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a very strong ingredient of, um, I, I keep using the word soapbox, but it's a beautiful soapbox for spirit. It's a beautiful soapbox for churches and mediums to express the the um, the word of spirit, and, and yeah. you know, it's something we must mention, uh, Lawrence. That we 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 spoke here about different countries like Norway and Denmark, and the changes that have come about over the, since since 1735 in Britain uh, that have governed uh, spiritualism and and um, and mediums alike. Uh, but something that has never ever changed never changed since man has crawled out of the caves since the first man that has or woman that has communicated with the spirit world something that has never ever changed is the message of spirit life is eternal your spirit cannot die and if that is a fact if we are not deluding ourselves then this physical existence is not the reality of our life because it's just a drop in the ocean. The reality of our life is eternal existence in the spirit world. Indeed. It has never changed. <clears throat> and it's getting that concept of living for eternity over because it's it does, uh, I dare say, quite a few people have this transference of the physical condition to the spirit world and vice versa, whereas it is not um to just get us even a minutest glimpse look at a caterpillar and look at a butterfly they are totally different and this is what we need to investigate and understand and communicate and evolve these differences these life between lives what's that about what goes on there absolutely um, wonderful I, I work uh in a in a I work in several schools in Switzerland, but one particular school in Switzerland, which is the biggest healing school in, in Switzerland, uh, which is owned by a gentleman called Hannes Jacobs, who again used to be a teacher at the Arthur Finley College. And, you know, his, his, his trust in the spirit is, is immense. And he's just written a book. He's written several books, one of them very scientific, but, but, and he's just had it, um, transferred into English. He's asked me not to promote it yet. I think he's, there's a couple of things just being tweaked about it. So he's asked me not to promote it yet. So, however, he also has written a book for children. 
and um, about death. And it's a beautiful, beautiful um, book done through uh, the, the pictures are, are cartoon form. And it's about the caterpillar family. And it's a mother and father, son and daughter, and the daughters. And they sta it starts where they're standing at a graveyard uh, overlook, uh, uh, looking over uh, a grave of granddad. Uh, and there's a tree in the background with a, is it called a chrysalis? Yeah. Hanging, hanging from the tree and, um, and the, the daughter asked daddy where is where is granddad where is granddad and and of course the story of course it's to do with death physical death but dad tells this wonderful story how granddad hasn't gone anywhere he simply changed from the from the caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly from the physical into spirit uh, and it's, it's so well done for children um, we come back to the Lyceum of course educating young of heart and it's it, it, at the moment it's only in French but uh, I'm sure in time he'll have it translated into English beautiful little book for children about uh, granddad passing away who was a caterpillar yeah. absolutely and do you know what? There, there is no such thing as coincidence. This, no. <laughs> I, lo I love it. It just <laughs> brought everything back together again and wonderfully in time. Tim, sir, I could sit and talk. Oh, to you we come. Oh, okay. I, I, I feel like I'm only. Can I? Can I finish, Lawrence? You please do. With a with yes. a with a um, poem, um, which you may have heard me. I know Jack has heard me read many times because it's um, my favourite poem first but but uh, um, I think it's very apt for what we have done here this evening what we spoke about here this evening and it's by a gentleman called Gerard Macy who was born in 1827 passed in 1907 he was, he wrote for a lot of um, newspaper, major newspapers at the time and he, he looked at different religions he was very much seeking a spiritual path and uh, became very disillusioned with different religions until he found spiritualism and this is what he wrote of spiritualism which I think is maybe a beautiful way to bring our evening to an end spiritualism has been for me common with many others such a lifting of the mental horizons and a letting in of the heavens such a transformation from faith into fact that I can only compare life without it as to sailing on board a ship with its hatches battened down and being kept a prisoner, living by the light of a candle. And then suddenly, on some splendid starry night, allowed to go on board deck for the very first time to see the stupendous mechanism of the heavens all aglow with the glory of God. That's spiritualism. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Mr. Abbott, once more, totally indebted to you, sir, for your time, your energy, and your, your homework that you've done. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody.
for joining in tonight. Yep, I knew this one would come up. Um, going back to the legality side, somebody's just said about a lyceum for children. Yes, absolutely wonderful idea. Yes, I will give you the full list of everything that you have to do if you are running a group specifically for children. Uh, so in about 2027, <laughs> when you have fully read, understood, passed every exam that you need to do to encompass that, <laughs> you can off you go. <laughs> and I'm not being disparaging. We have looked at that and it is such a minefield. Hence, we brought it in as part of the service. So where we have children in attendance, they are with their families and we are all wonderfully looked after. Lots of thanks coming in there, Tim. Uh, and yeah, everybody stayed tonight. They were all listening to can I, can, I, can I say, Lawrence? You can say whatever you like, sir. What we've spoke about here this evening is about individuals. Some of them still living like Jack. Uh, and Andre, who are making a difference in their countries. Um, and we have to think, of course, of the future. And you spoke about online churches, for example, which will become very much a thing of the future, I'm sure. Uh, but it's individuals who will forge the pathway of the future. And maybe some of those individuals are, have tuned in this evening. Go and make your lyceums. Uh, no matter what hurdles you have to jump, because it's individuals who make the difference and share the word of the Spirit. Definitely. Definitely. I love the energy and the sentiment there. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us tonight. We will be live next Saturday at 7 o'clock. Um, I'm having a little bit of trouble filling this one for some bizarre reason. The last time that happened, I could not fill a Saturday night. I ended up in Edinburgh. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I I trust <laughs> my friends here to uh, arrange whatever's going to happen. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next Saturday. I'll either be online with somebody fabulous or in the Bahamas or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, Tim, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Beautiful. Lawrence. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy.